Welcome to the Greg Varner and Associates Podcast. I'm your host, JC Fisher. With more than 20 years of legal experience, we strive to seek justice, love mercy, and walk humbly. It's our goal to keep listeners informed on legal issues affecting our communities and your life, liberty, and property. As a multi-practice firm, episodes from this podcast will cover many topics, divorce and custody, heirs property, criminal defense, estate planning and probate, and civil litigation. Visit our website at www.gregvarnerlaw.com. Welcome, Greg. Thank you for having me on this first episode. (laughs) Yes, yes. Thank you for being available. So I want to know about your roots, where you're from, what has shaped you into the man you are today. Um, I grew up in Atlanta, a small town called College Park, south of Atlanta, and I was raised by my mom and my grandmother. Went through high school, uh, then went to Georgia Tech for my undergrad. Always had law school planned, uh, but I really never expected to practice law. When I was a little kid, my goals for life when I was like 12 years old was to become the governor of Georgia. So politics was the way that I that I saw law getting into politics. And so went to Georgia Tech with that plan. Then after law or after college, I spent a year in a law firm in Atlanta called Austin and Bird, kind of saw what big law practice was like. And that really directed me that I did not want to do that. Uh, so then went to law school in Virginia. With, and so I went in with the expectation that I'll come out really going into politics. And so I never thought that I would do law uh, that was never practicing, was never sort of in my, I never thought I would practice. Which so, is funny now. Yeah, I just didn't, it was one of those things I just did not think of what was going to be between politics and law school. But I uh, got there, I went to law school that specialized a little bit in First Amendment, like religious liberty work. And so thought that's what I wanted to do. But got there and the my first year of law school, I clerked with a firm that was an estate planning boutique firm and sort of saw that that's what i I really enjoyed it. And so from that point on, everything I did was estate planning. Never took a trial practice course, never did evidence or anything. I never thought I would go into court. Yeah. So I thought I would only be doing estate planning. And that's what I prepared myself to do. And then uh, after law school, I took the bar. I'd been hired by a firm in Randolph County. And the day that I found I passed the bar, I called the the senior partner and told him I'd passed. And he was like, well, Greg, that's great. Um, You can go on Monday and get some appointments in a felony arraignment. And so I sort of played it cool. And I was like, well, great. Um, Okay. And hung up and then went and pulled off my bar study books and had to look for what is an arraignment? Um, (laughs) So that was my very first day of practicing law was doing law that I never thought but thankfully, it put me into criminal defense, and and so since then, now I'm that's my favorite area, and now I'm in court usually two to three days a week. So I'm very glad that that got. I would have been bored to death if all I did was estate planning all the time and transactional work. But that's a little bit of my background, I guess. And following law school, I was with that firm for about a year, and then Kelly and I, uh, my wife, we. Crazy coincidence, but we'd been talking about me leaving that firm, and she's basically said, well, whenever you're ready, you can turn in your notice. We're good. So I finally got enough gumption to do it, called her, 
and I told her I'd done it, and she broke out into tears. And I was like, well, what's the matter? And she said, I thought, I thought you agreed with this. And she's like, I did, but she got her pink slip from the school system on that exact same day. So we both became unemployed on the same day, and but it turned out good. So we then hung out the shingle in Ashland, Alabama, and she was my original secretary, paralegal, and she didn't know a thing. And so, but since then, now we've grown the firm. Twenty-three years later, that's that's where we where we are now, up to six attorneys, seven attorneys, and yeah. uh, two offices and multiple counties. So that's how we got here. So obviously, your roots, as far as hanging up your own shingle, are in Ashland, Alabama. Mm-hmm. You have a satellite office in Birmingham, Alabama, and the firm's just ever growing, as you mentioned. We've got fourteen employees now. What's the best part about being a small-town lawyer? I do enjoy the diversity of practice. Uh, I always describe when somebody comes, like we're interviewing new associates, and I try to tell them what we're like. We are like an emergency room in many ways that we handle a lot of stuff that walks in the door, just like an ER doctor needs to be prepared. You know, They never know what they're going to see that night on the ER and that's kind of what we do every day. And I do enjoy the diversity. Um, I think it's made us better lawyers uh, in a way that we, we really see a bigger picture. We're not so narrowly focused in a particular area, but we really see the impact in different areas. It also gives us exposure from being plaintiff's lawyers and defense lawyers. So we've been on both sides. We, we advise people, we counsel them, and always, also we litigate. Yeah. So we really have a good exposure. And I think that's probably the best part about being in a small town firm. And, and the other thing is that you really do know pretty much all the attorneys that come in, you know, the judges, they know you. And that's nice. Um, and, and it's nice also that people, a lot of people don't understand this, that like we can fight, you know, all day long with another attorney in court. And then we do our job then we can go to lunch with them. Absolutely. And I found that to be a little different than in some like your your major cities that sometimes those bars seem to be a little more uh, hostile to each other and don't have that that uh, professionalism and collegiality that I found is more natural out in the country. I agree. I think working in Ashland has allowed us to have this very collaborative environment in the community in general. But one thing I love is that you also foster a very collaborative environment among members of the firm uh, and among the two offices. Why do you think that collaborative environment is so important between attorneys and paralegals and staff? I think generally, I have a belief that lawyers don't know everything. We don't see everything. Um, And so I do think that team approach brings different perspectives that I don't see. Sometimes I get very uh, like a, like a you know blinders on a horse that I, I see the case from one perspective, and sometimes that's very legal, and whereas other people may look at the case and see it more from a factual perspective and see some of the emotional nuance of the facts, that sometimes it 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 when I was out on my when I was by myself, I think I was very too focused on what the law said without bringing in some of those other things. And so what I found is that when you have, you know, multiple people commenting on what they think, see in the case, I think it makes us better prepared for trial. It definitely makes us better prepared for looking at a jury because your jurors aren't lawyers and 
they're not all men either. And that's the other thing is that uh, our paralegals are um, here now at this point, all females. And so it brings a different perspective and, um, and, and, and I think that just makes our, our ability to present and understand and talk with our clients and understand them better. So that's, that's a key element of the reason I think that's important. And, and, and amongst the lawyers, you know, like when we talk about a case, I think it's good that we're able to bounce things off of each other and ideas and thoughts and strategies. And I think we're pretty blunt with each other about that. I don't think that's going to work or you need to think about this or that. So by the time we get before a judge, a lot of times the questions that they're asking us or, you know, trying to knock out our argument, we've already addressed before. So I think all of that is just, it, it, it makes our practice and our representation of clients better rather than one individual trying to, you know, trudge it alone. Absolutely. So the firm practices several different areas of law. I would describe us as a general practice, multi-practice firm. Mm -hmm. What areas of law do we practice? We do have a lot of areas and that's uh, somewhat cutting against the modern trend of a lot of law firms, which are attempting to niche uh, into a particular area. But like we talked about earlier, I think that actually helps us to be better lawyers that we do have a broader uh, diversity of practice. Um, but what we are, our five major areas are, because of my training, we, we started off, we still have a, a sizable estate planning mm-hmm. uh, and probate and estate administration practice. That's a large percentage. We have a, a, a sizable criminal defense practice we do a lot of family law, both doing divorces, custody cases, but also we defend a lot of DHR cases where DHR may have, have has come in and taken children. We represent the parents a lot in those cases. Uh, we also have, uh, we represent several or multiple small and local governments. And so, and we do everything from them, from their personal injury stuff, defense, to their employment law, so we are their general counsel. Then we also we do a lot of real estate litigation and real estate closings. And so under that, that's where we do boundary line work, easements. Uh, you do a whole lot of partition or, or heirs property type of work. All of those areas is our primary focus. Now we do adoptions as well, involuntary commitments, a lot of elder law that is related to the estate planning. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's easier to say what we don't do. We <laughs> don't we don't do or focus a lot on personal injury type of work uh, where we're you know suing on car wrecks. We can do that, but it's just not that's not our our necessary wheelhouse. But again, we even like in something like. Uh, bankruptcy or workman's comp, which we don't focus on from a plaintiff's perspective, but we have experience in those fields just because we represent governments, banks, and businesses, and we represent them defending those things. So it's just a very diverse practice. I mean, uh, uh, but again, it's what I love. I think it makes us better by what we do. Absolutely. It's it's a lot to manage, but I, I agree being exposed to all of those areas, having that versatility, I think it's a, a great advantage for the clients and for our professional development, uh, whether paralegal staff or attorney. What would you say are the firm's values from your perspective? 
Uh, well, we, we, we have this, a couple of years ago, we did a shirt that's you know, based out of the Bible verse out of Micah that, uh, that what, is the, what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love mercy and walk humbly. Mm-hmm. And I think those are the three headers, I think, that I want our firm to embody both in how we act in court, how we act with clients, but also how we treat each other within the firm. And so with seeking justice that we fight and we we will battle for our clients and mm-hmm. we will... We make a premium on that uh, to really seek justice. Secondly, is that we do, you know, love mercy. And that means understanding where our clients are. Most of the time when they're coming to us, they're in a bad position. I mean, people don't come to us usually when things are great. And so we're catching them at a very low point in their life. And so we have a merciful outlook toward them, mm-hmm. um, understanding where they're at. But that also implies in, internally that we we treat each other well because sometimes I may be in a stressful position yeah. or you may have a stressful case right. and that I may be a little more short on that particular day. Right. To understand that yeah. and to treat everybody with respect. And the other, you know, with our paralegals and our lawyers, uh, we try to have a no no position is any more important or less important that we're all part of the same structure and that everybody should be is input is as important as the others um and then the last is just walking humbly and that's to me is one of the is very critical to how we practice that when we go to court we have to be very prepared confident in what we do we're confident that we're prepared but we're not arrogant about it right. we we do our job we just make sure that we walk humbly with opposing counsel. We walk humbly with court, but also under that rubric also is that we don't know everything. And so it's important for us always to be learning, always to be looking under every rock, uh, examining and being intellectually humble and trying to make sure we're understanding fully our clients, understanding the other party's side that we're interrogating our own case and to make sure that we are that we have a humbleness that even though I've done this case this type of case many many times that I don't presume that I know everything about this area or this type of law but I'm always attempting to learn and make making sure that we understand the law and the facts in that case well absolutely what would you say is the firm's mission here at Gregory Varner and Associates? From where I grew up, it was just, we. I grew up pretty poor. Um, and so that's just, and, and sort of, that's who I, I'm comfortable with. So I, I do see that our, our mission is that we provide very high quality legal services toward, you know, underserved communities all over Alabama. I mean, that's just... Uh, we sort of our focus has been Birmingham, kind of looking east toward East Alabama, but uh, we're spreading out all over the state as far as different cases. But that's kind of the idea is that what we do is um, we, we can provide incredibly good legal services to communities that may not have have that access to, you know, your your big firm quality of firm. Because a lot of people have an idea that the big firms are better lawyers and bigger and better. And so um, I want us to have that uh, that quality of service for those out in the country and in other low, you know, low income families and communities. 
Yeah. Someone told me the other day, they were like, what small firms don't have in flashiness, they make up for in scrappiness. And I feel like we fight, we fight so hard for our clients, no matter whether they're low income or high income. So I think that's super important. What has been the most rewarding part of practicing law over the last 22 years? I personally enjoy digging into the law. Um, That's where my strength is. It's, it's really you know, taking a case and then being creative with what I can find within the law. I think that I see the law well. Um, I make connections within case law, within statutes well. Through the year, there's been cases uh, where I felt that that really came to bear. Uh, so I can think of one, you know, one case that I had that was uh, where a child had been adopted out by two different courts to two different families. And so I had two court orders of adoption for this one child. And it was just one of those that I had to, I had multiple uh, issues that were involved. And it was, I felt was one of the, 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 the best lawyering that I ever did yeah. just because I was able to sort of strategize what courts we needed to be in best, right. what we, we came up with creative pleadings that hadn't been used frequently uh, we use what was called a root of habeas corpus in that one, which is usually a criminal pleading, but we use that in this custody case. And so it just was one of those. And ultimately, my clients, we were able to successfully cause them to, to, to finalize that adoption fully into them. And it's that kind of case that I always, that, that's rewarding. And, and there's others that, I mean, I could name, but usually it's those cases that really have a unique uh, legal questions that I get to get into the books and strategize. And that's where I, I, I get a lot of pleasure out of that. You would say then the creativity, the ability to yeah. get creative, finding results for clients. Um, I would agree that's rewarding. And I think, I think another thing from the associate perspective is working for a firm that allows you to have that creativity to kind of explore these different avenues that not everybody may be open to. I think it makes us better lawyers. And, and sometimes, as, as you very well know, it yields great results for the clients. Mm-hmm. When we do something that we're taking a major risk on that maybe hasn't been done before, and it yields a great result. And so that I think that's been a, a, a rewarding part for me as part of this firm as well. What would you say has been the hardest part about practicing law over the last mm-hmm. 22 years? Yeah, it's it's not on the practice side. Being being a lawyer is tough. I mean, it's um, it's stressful that especially what, what that emergency room concept is is very demanding. Running a successful law firm and trying to practice at the same time is is tough. That's probably been the most difficult thing through the years is making sure we're we're doing well and you know that. I enjoy, you know, what we the model we try to create here is that that all the associates that we're we are working as a team, but and that y'all are learning, that y'all are getting experience, and then you've got me as your cover, that you're never, you know, outside on your own. That's been very rewarding that part. Uh, but then getting every, you know, maintaining my caseload and and otherwise that's that's hard. Yeah. So what do you like more then? Business management, because since you're an entrepreneur or practicing law? Uh, I like practicing law better, (laughs) but I do like the, I I like being 
sort of visionary on the business side, yeah. but I don't like putting it into practice. So yeah. that's probably a good way to put it. So yeah. I enjoy that. I like seeing things, seeing ideas and then getting, you know, seeing them accomplished. Put me in a case. I enjoy that. So yeah. Yeah. So you would say you're more of a visionary as, as opposed to an implementer. I, oh, without a doubt. Okay. I, have, I have zero implementation in me. So. That's all right. That's what you've got your wife, Kelly, for. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's why that team works great. Um, okay, so what organizations are you involved in? Normally is our church. Um, that's our, we're currently members at Oak Mountain Presbyterian, and so we, uh, that's probably where we're most involved. Um, but professionally, I'm uh, currently just rolled off as president of the Alabama Criminal Defense Lawyers Association. I've been involved with that organization for many years, but uh, this past year I was president. And then before that, vice president, and you just worked your way up there. For nine years, I was with the Alabama State Bar Commissioners, which is the governing body for lawyers in the state. And so did that for nine years. And I rolled off of that in 2019, I think. Those are three three big ones that I'm that are right off the top of my head. Yeah. Thinking of. So plenty of stuff to do, that's for sure, in those three. What are your hobbies? I know you don't have a lot of time outside of work and managing a, two law firms. What What do you like to do in your free time? Uh, well, I have three daughters, and that's most of my free time. Uh, they're, you know, just one is now in college and two are in high school. And so they, they've always been active in sports, softball and basketball and soccer now. And so that takes up a lot of time. Yeah. That's And so I don't coach anymore, but that was I coached for a long time. But, you know, traveling with them to, you know, their games, their practices, that's a lot. Uh, my big hobby, uh, I do I enjoy reading, but my real, I love movies. Yeah. So that's, I, I love movies. And so that's, if I can go to the theater, that's, 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 that is ultimately how I, I rest. I do enjoy uh, kayaking and canoeing. That's a very, I enjoy that. Hiking. So that's outside stuff, but yeah, that's. Uh, and I've started running this I past year. Say. I was going to say, I've st- uh, in order to get myself in shape this past November, I've started running, which I can't say I enjoy, Yeah. I, but I'm doing it. And so I've started doing some 5K races and I'll, tomorrow I'll be doing my first 15K race. So, Well, best of luck with that. Back to the movies. Uh-huh. Top three favorite movies, if you had to name. I know that's hard because you're a movie buff, but... Um, uh, top three, one, I, number one would be Shawshank Redemption. Uh, number two, Dead Poet Society. Mm-hmm. I can give you several others that would probably fall in three, but like Beautiful Mind, uh, the Star Wars trilogy, Indiana Jones trilogy, I'll put in there. Chariots of Fire mm-hmm. is a good one. This, those jump right to the top of my head. So, okay. but Shawshank Redemption, Dead Poet Society are. Right there, the number one and two, easily. So you like dramas? Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So we may have some new or aspiring attorneys listening Mm -hmm. to this podcast. If you had to pick one piece of advice for a new attorney listening or an aspiring attorney, what would it be? Uh, Probably read broadly. Read fiction, nonfiction don't get locked into just reading the law or, you know, if if you're in law school, you want to be well-read outside of that where you can have some different perspective. And, and even on the law issue, uh, you should read the law. That's important. 
but you want to you want to be a consummate reader and learner. And and today, and we do this a lot. And you know that podcast. It's a great way to kind of get some input, intake of of different legal concepts of conversations. I mean, I I listen to. I have no no telling how many that I listen to, but there's all kinds of law professors that are on there that are just talking, and it gives you a lot of exposure to different concepts, but also the way it, it helps, I think, you begin to see uh, connections between different areas of law. So I'd say those two things. Where do you find time to listen to your podcasts and time to read? Because I know that's, that's going to be a big question from people is, well, you're so busy. How do you find time to do that? One on the reading, I think it's just more of a discipline. If you just dis- discipline yourself, I'm going to read 15 minutes to 30 minutes a day. You can knock out a bunch of books that way. Yeah. Uh, and that's just a practice. And then podcast, if I'm in the car all the time. Yeah. So that's when I listen to podcasts is in the car. Right now, they're so easy to listen to podcasts or books on tape. Uh, well, I'm sorry. That is... That Showing is, his age. That is, very, that is very old. <laughs> this, books on tape. Yes. Not <laughs> books on tape, but you like Audible. So now... So I used to have books on tape, but now it's audible. Yeah. So there you go. So that's another way to to get intake of books is yeah. just listen to them through an aud- through audible. So I like that because we spend so much time on the way to court, on the way to from office to office, on the way to client meetings or whatever. And I, I agree, that's the best time to listen to to audible or books on tape, as you say. Yes, they still sell them. They do. So you can go especially to the at the at the thrift store. There you go. <laughs> What plans do you have for the future? And it doesn't have to be related to law, but just in general, what what plans do you have for the future? Um, well, for the firm, my goal is for us to continue to uh, grow uh, geographically, also in size. But right now, you know, I'm looking that we expand out to some of these other communities that we already serve in um, and put a physical presence in those. And so I have my eyes on several uh, local communities that I I think that are ripe for us to come in that I think we could fill a hole in the legal community for what we do for those communities. And so to continue to grow that, I, I, I never like making this comparison, but my vision is that just like you have uh, Dollar Generals everywhere, yeah. um, you know, around every corner, and you have Alexander Shinara signs on everything. Yeah, that we would have offices around the state that people we would be accessible, and we would be providing what we do to communities all over Alabama. That's my ultimate goal: is for us to grow along those natures. Now we're a long ways away from that, and uh, but that's that's my vision for our firm: is for us to have to to kind of grow in that manner. No, I, I think that's great because like you said earlier, we do practice all over the state mm-hmm. of Alabama. We could have a case up in Limestone and then and be down in Troy, you know, the next week or whatever. And so even though we have two offices, we, we're practicing all over. So I think I think that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for doing this podcast and allowing everybody to get to know you as the founder of, of this firm and as the senior attorney. Do you have any parting remarks that you'd like to give to anybody listening? Again, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful, that, you know, as we use this podcast as a means, it won't be just me in the future. But uh, what I'm hoping is that we can develop this and for it to be a source of information that we can begin delivering to, you know, on different topics. And I, I think that's our hope is that 
Uh, we'll begin doing frequently posting on different topics. And I think that's going to, I'm looking forward to that. And so I just hope people keep tuning in as we, as and listen to topics that they're interested in or, or uh, and, and hear it from, you know, you know, a couple of attorneys and three attorneys or how many ever uh, talking about that area and experiences we have. And I think that's just going to be, I'm looking forward to that part. Yeah, absolutely. We, we hope that this is an educational experience for the listeners going forward. And we're looking forward to touching on topics that y'all are curious about and uh, also getting your take, Greg, on, on some current events and heavy hitter trials that are going on or that are on TV. And um, I think that'll be great. So thank you so much for doing this. Well, thank you for getting this started. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Music from this podcast is provided by Luke Holt from Coletta Valley. This song is called Stare Into the Dark. Listen to Coletta Valley on Spotify and Apple Music. Do you have a legal issue you'd like us to cover? Send episode suggestions to our Instagram at Greg Varner Law or on Facebook at Gregory Varner and Associates. Check out our website at www.gregvarnerlaw.com. <laughs>